0: Well, today we're starting a brand-new series entitled The Third Person, where we're looking at the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. We believe that God, there's only one God, but he is revealed in three persons, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Say it with me, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But often what happens is in our faith experience, We're only comfortable with engaging with the Father and the Son because we don't understand who the Holy Spirit is. The whole purpose of this series is to help us discover who the Holy Spirit is, how he operates, what is his purpose and role in our life, and what can he do for us to live a life of faith. And we wanna give you biblical evidence about how God operates and how the Holy Spirit operates. And I just wanna encourage you to lean in I wanna encourage you to step into this series because I believe that if we understand who the Father is, who the Son, who is Jesus Christ, and who the Holy Spirit is, our faith life is going to increase because when the full God expression, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, these three persons of of God step into our life, they make a difference and they move us forward. So I wanna invite us to just open our mind and open our heart. I wanna explain to you today who the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are. I think many of us, if we're really honest, we're comfortable with the idea of God the Father. Why? Because the Father relationship is something that we understand. All of us have a Father. Some of us, we had fathers that were very involved, that were very loving. Others of us, we had a Father that was either absent or disconnected. Maybe he was present in the home, but he was disconnected. Or maybe we don't even know him at all. But we do know and we do understand what a father is or what a father should be. And a good father is someone who shows up, who cares, who protects, who plans out for the family, who sacrifices, who provides, who gives his very best, who shows up. These are the nature and the qualities of a good father. We all have that understanding. And I want to reassure you that God the Father is the same way and much more. In fact, God the Father is the source of creation He is the master planner of creation. He establishes the plans and the purposes of life. He also establishes the seasons and the times and the moments that we're in. He orchestrates all of that in advance. And he's also the one who sent Jesus Christ into the world. So we're all comfortable with the idea of God as the Father. But sometimes, again, we we still hesitate a little bit when it comes to who the Holy Spirit is. I also believe that we're very comfortable with the idea of As God, as the Son, Jesus Christ. Why? Because we understand the the relationship of being a son or a daughter. All of us are a son or a daughter, and we understand what that's like. We understand that we have a Father and that we need to be obedient. Now, just to be clear, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are all equal. But when Jesus came to earth, he chose to take on the role of a son. Why? Because he wanted to teach us how we should respond to God. So when he came, he was willing to submit to the will of the Father. Now, a good son is someone who's obedient, someone who follows the rules, someone who does the right thing. In fact, a good firstborn son or daughter... They do a lot of things for their siblings. They, they sacrifice, they make effort, they move forward. They often do things that the other siblings don't want to do. And all the firstborns in here are saying, yes, 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 amen to that, amen to that. We are firstborns and we're not recognized. Yes, I'm here to recognize you firstborns. We're appreciative of you. But Jesus is much more than just an obedient son. He's also the authoritative king. He's the creative agent of creation. He's the king of kings and the lords of lords. He's the creative agent that moves us forward. He's the savior and the redeemer of humanity. And he's the one who died and rose again to give us life, hope, and a future. And because he died and rose again, he has all authority over all that we face And so if you're facing a challenge today, just invite Jesus into your experience and you'll have all authority to tear down everything that's in your way to help you move forward. We're comfortable with God the Father and God the Son, but if we're real honest, we're we're a little worried and not sure about who the Holy Spirit is. Well, I'm here to tell you that the Holy Spirit is as normal as God the Father and God the Son. Why? Because... God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are divine. They are co-equal and they are co-eternal. What does that mean? All three of them are God. That's the divine part. They are co-equal. Not one is more important. The Holy Spirit is not below the Son or the Father. It just happens that he's the third in the order and how we describe him. They're co-equal. All three of them have the same authority, the same capacity. It's just that they each have a specific role or responsibility. Each one of them can function in the role of the other, but they choose to differentiate their roles so that we can understand them and so that we can engage with them. But they're also co-eternal. That means that they have always existed. All three of them have always existed for all of eternity, and if you want scriptural evidence for that, all you have to do is look at Genesis 1, chapters, uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. And what you'll see is God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They're all present there in creation. And then if you go to the New Testament and you look at John chapter 1, it says that Jesus was God and is God and was God at the very beginning, and that all of creation was created through him. So there is biblical evidence for God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We want you to understand who the Holy Spirit is, because if you do, you'll feel more comfortable about who he is and how he operates and what is his purpose for your life. Now, in this series, we're going to have moments where we're going to lean into the presence of God, and we're going to invite you to come up to the altar. And one of the things that I want to just encourage you is here at Westover, we believe that the power of God can change our life. And we're inviting you to lean into that. And in order to help you feel comfortable about leaning into the presence of God, I want to share with you three quick attributes of who God is and how he operates. Number one, God is clear in the Bible of who he is and how he operates. If you want to understand who God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are, just look in his word. The Bible is full of evidence for how they operate. And we want to give you that clarity. In fact, in order to help you go deeper in your faith walk... We've actually set up something in the Version Bible app. We've set up a church. We, we have Westover Hills Church as a church that you can find on the Version Bible app. In fact, I invite you right now to open up your Westover, open up your UVersion Bible app, and if you click the little magnifying glass, you can search for Westover Hills Church. In there, you can set Westover Hills as your church and then in that, in that one spot, you're going to be able to receive messages regularly from us as a church, and you're also going to be able to find reading plans. In fact, we have a reading plan featured for this week, and it's entitled, Who is the Holy Spirit? Why? Because we want you to continue the conversation about who the Holy Spirit is. We want you to come to service next weekend with greater understanding of who the Holy Spirit is and how he operates. And so we want to put this resource in your hand. Because we believe that if you go to God's word, you're going to learn more about him. God gives us clear instruction of who he is and how he operates. Number two, God is a God of order and so are we. What does that mean? Well, in 1 Corinthians 14, this was written by a guy by the name of Paul. He was a first century follower of Jesus. And he indicates that everything that is done in the church should be done decently and in order. And we believe as a church that we need to give the Holy Spirit and God permission to move. But even as we interact as a church, we're going to do it in an orderly fashion, in a way that's consistent with God. Some of us, we may have come from other other, uh, churches and other experiences where we're a little hesitant about the move of God. Well, here at Westover, we give God freedom. We give God freedom but we also operate in a way that's orderly because God expects that of us. The third attribute as we start this series to help us understand is that God does deep work. Say deep work. work. Say it again, Deep deep work. God does deep work. In fact, the Holy Spirit is a deep work specialist. It's one of his primary responsibilities is to work deeply within us. Sometimes what happens when the Holy Spirit begins to work in people is he'll begin to move in their life and they'll begin to pray out loud. And they'll begin to pray in another language. Did you know, did you know in scripture, the Bible tells us that when we're filled to overflowing, he gives us a heavenly language. In fact, I wanna encourage you even now to say, God, I wanna have that heavenly language so I can communicate with you. But what you'll, you'll notice is that there'll be some people who pray in the spirit, that's what we call it. And they pray in a heavenly language. It doesn't sound like English or Spanish or Portuguese or any other language. It's a language that God gives us when we allow the Holy Spirit to work within us. But also sometimes when the Holy Spirit's working deeply within us, what ends up happening is people have a really significant emotional experience. They're processing for the first time the Holy Spirit working in them. And they might pray out loud and they might shake a little bit. That's okay. That's God working in them. But sometimes when God is doing deep work within people, he's actually trying to heal them from past wounds, past hurts, past traumas. And sometimes even the Holy Spirit's there to remove the influence of the enemy in people's lives. He's there to set people free from the impression of the enemy. And so sometimes there are moments when people are releasing the power of the enemy to receive the power of God in their life, and we celebrate that. In those moments, what we're gonna do is we're gonna pray that God would move in the house and that he would move in our life. And I just wanna reassure you as a pastor, as we step into these altar moments where we're gonna pursue the presence of God, is we're gonna steward this. And we're gonna lead us, I'm gonna lead you to share with you what God is doing in a specific moment. Why? Because I believe that if we can have a clear understanding of who the Holy Spirit is, we're more likely to engage with him. We encourage you to come not with fear, but with curiosity and anticipation. Come with curiosity and anticipation. God, what are you gonna do? God, what do you wanna do? God, what do you wanna do? In fact, I invite you even in your own heart to say, God, what do you want to do in my life today? And if you're open for it, he'll do it. If you're open to allow him to move, he will move powerfully. Also just want to highlight that high school is here with us. High school, we're thrilled that you're here. We're thrilled that you're here. In fact, if you looked at the landscape of the church world over the past couple of weeks, God's been moving powerfully on college campuses. He's been moving powerfully in the next generation at Asbury, at Lee University, at Texas A&M, and I believe that he wants to also move here in this house amongst the next generation. And it's our responsibility, adults, to champion the move of God in the next generation. And so high school, we want you to get lit by the power of God. We want you to lean into the presence of God. We don't want you to hold back. We want you to lean in, even here, even now, even today, to discover who the Holy Spirit is. So today, we're going to go to God's Word. We're going to discover who the Holy Spirit is. I invite you to open up your Bible to John chapter 14, verse 16 and following. These are the words of Jesus to his disciples to tell them about the promised Holy Spirit. Let's read together, verse 16 and following. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. Say helper. To be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you, and he will be in you. Verse 26 But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Jesus told the disciples in advance what they could expect from the Holy Spirit. In fact, this word that is translated helper is a Greek word that's... The Greek word in the original language is the word paraclete. And the reason I mention the word paraclete is because... When we think of a helper, we have a limited perspective of what a helper is. But a paraclete was someone who had a lot of different roles. They were a counselor. They were a comforter. They were a strengthener. They were an intercessor. They were someone who stood by someone else. In fact, the word paraclete means someone who comes alongside. God gives us a helper. And husbands, God gives us a helper too. They're not the Holy Spirit, but sometimes they sound like the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah. God gives us a helper in the flesh But then he also gives us a helper in the, Holy, in the Holy Spirit But the best way I can explain Who the Holy Spirit is Is the Holy Spirit is our head coach I invite you to say it with me The Holy Spirit is our head coach He's our head coach He's there to help us A good head coach, what do they do? They help their players learn how to play the game And win the game That's their whole role But a head coach is not a player. A head coach never goes out on the field and plays the game. They stand on the sidelines, and they encourage the players. They challenge the players during practice to push and go farther than they've ever gone before, even when they're tired, even when they don't have enough energy. But then during the game, what does the coach do? He calls plays to help get first downs and touchdowns. But whenever the team gets behind or their setbacks... The coach changes the play calling to help the players win. And when the players come off the field, what does the coach do? He encourages them. He says, hey, the game's not over. Keep going. Keep moving forward. And that's a lot like the Holy Spirit works. He's like a really great head coach. And he does that in our life. He comes alongside us to help us. But in order for us to understand who the Holy Spirit is, we need to understand how God has put us together. And to illustrate this, I have some friends I want to invite to come out here I want to share with you how God has put us together and how he's given us a body, a soul, and a spirit. He's given us a body, a soul, and a spirit. Let me explain to you. God has given us a physical body. This is what we see. This is how we move through life. This is what other people see. But God also gave us a soul. And the soul part of us is our mind, our will, and our emotions. It's where we make decisions. It's how we think, it's how we process, it's how we feel things. But God also gave us a spirit. This is the eternal part of who we are. This is the part that God wants to speak to. But in our modern American society, we believe that we are separated beings instead of one integrated being. We think of these as separate parts. We come to church and we, we engage our spiritual being, but then when we go back in our workplace, we act however we wanna act and we fail to realize that they are not disconnected, they are actually connected. And when one thing happens in one part of our being, it affects the other parts of our being. Let me give an example. If you've ever woken up tired or you feel sick, you feel down. And what happens is that when our body feels down, it affects how we think, it affects our emotions, we feel sad as well, and then we're less likely to engage with God. But when our body feels healthy and we feel good, then we think clearly our emotions are in the right alignment and we're more likely to engage with God. But sometimes what happens in life is that something impacts our soul and we get down in our emotions. Someone said something negative to us. And what does it do? It drags down our body and it drags down our spirit. Or maybe we have a negative thinking pattern. Have you ever had a negative thinking pattern right before you go to bed and it just runs on a loop and it loops and it loops and it loops? What does that do? That, that tires out your body. But it also makes you less likely to go to God's word. But when you feel great or your thinking is great, what happens? The rest of you feels great. And our spirit is constantly trying to connect with God. But sometimes what happens is that our spirit man is not strong enough to deal with what's happening in our body or our soul. But here's the good news. Here's the good news, is that when the Holy Spirit comes in, he empowers our spirit. He comes together with our spirit and makes us stronger. In fact, he puts our spirit right in the middle. He comes in and he empowers them with his presence. So that when something negative happens in the body or something negative happens in the soul, there's enough strength to hold up what is coming along. And this is exactly the posture that a good head coach happens This is what they express when they step out on the field, when one of their players is injured. When a player is injured on the field, the head coach goes out, and what does he do? He picks up the player, he puts their arm around his shoulder, and he lifts them up. He is the one that comes alongside. And in the same way, the Holy Spirit wants to come in and strengthen your spirit, man, and help you move forward, even in the negative times of life even in the moments when you struggle, but we must allow the Holy Spirit to be at the center of who we are. We need to allow him to empower us because if not, we're keeping our spiritual life on the fringe and we don't have enough power to move forward. God wants to not only just be with us, but he wants to be in us. This is how God works. Thank you so much. We must be willing to let him come in. We must be willing to let him come in. Are you willing to let him come in and impact your life? He'll change your life from the inside out. I wanna share with you a couple things that the Holy Spirit does also in our life from this passage, ways that he's like the head coach in our life. Number one, the Holy Spirit helps us learn and remember God's playbook. Say it with me. The Holy Spirit helps us learn and remember God's playbook. Have you ever forgotten something? Maybe you're at work and you're like, oh no, I forgot that report, or oh no, I forgot my cell phone, right? Some of you are like, man, I can't live without my cell phone. That dread you feel. Well, the Holy Spirit is a specialist at helping us learn and remember not only just the things of life, but also God's word. Look at what Jesus says. In verse 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will what? He will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all that I have said to you. How does the Holy Spirit do this? I'm glad you're asking that question. The Holy Spirit, when he comes in, he impacts us. And he creates a spiritual and an emotional experience. In fact, he engages with a part of our brain in the limbic system called the amygdala. The amygdala. The amygdala is the emotional center of who we are. And the emotional center of who we are is how we feel, it's how we process life. But it's also involved in our memories. When we have, there are neutral memories and there are emotional memories. I think you can relate to this. There are memories that don't have any emotion to them here's my question do you remember what you wore three weeks ago to church by and large we don't there might be a couple of you like yes i do i track all of my outfits and i know exactly what i wore i really some ladies are saying i really like those pumps i wore i'll wear them two months from now with this other outfit right some of you are doing that by and large at least for us guys we don't remember Another question, do you remember the car that was in front of you as you were coming to church? Probably not. Why? Because those are neutral memories. But there are some memories that are full of emotion. Some of you remember when you got your first cell phone. Some of you remember when you got your driver's license. Some of you, you remember your first love or your first breakup. Some of you remember, in fact, I think all of you would remember, when you got married or When you first met your child for the first time. You remember those things. Why? Because there's emotion tied to the memory. And here's what happened. When emotion is activated and you have a memory, they stick. And this is the role of the Holy Spirit. He wants to step into our life to help us learn and remember. Learn and remember. That's why I encourage students who are in high school, middle school, college, grad school... Pray before you study. Pray before you go to class. Why? Because when you invite the Holy Spirit in, he creates this environment in your heart where your heart and your mind are fertile to receive what you're about to learn. Do the same when you're reading God's word. Pray before you read God's word and it'll come alive. You say, Holy Spirit, I need you to activate the word of God in my life. Why? Because the Holy Spirit was part of the process of inspiring the writers of the Bible to put it there. And when you invite the Holy Spirit in, what happens is he will help activate it. He was part of the process of carrying it to mankind as they wrote it down. But what he'll also do is help you Tuck that in your heart so at a moment's notice when you need to remember, God will help you remember. God will help you remember. The Holy Spirit is involved and he wants to be intimately involved in how we learn and how we remember. He desires to teach us all things and bring to our remembrance all that God has said to us. I would encourage you, if you want to level up in your life, invite the Holy Spirit in. It'll help you guys. It'll help you, especially when your wife has just sent you to H-E-B to go pick up one thing and you've forgotten, okay? And you got to call her to ask her, hey, what did you want me to pick up? And then the Holy Spirit, the small Holy Spirit, who is your wife, will tell you, hey, you need to pick this thing up. He'll help you remember. God wants to be involved in all that we do, and he can help us learn and remember what God has put before us. Here's the final way that the Holy Spirit is like a head coach. The Holy Spirit helps us thrive under pressure. Under pressure. Say pressure. Pressure. Say it again Pressure. 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 All of us in life, we experience pressure. In fact, I believe all of us have experienced some sort of pressure in the last week. Maybe it was a deadline at work, maybe it's a trip that you're going on and you're having to pack. Maybe it's one of your kids got sick. Maybe it's you've lost your job. Maybe it's you've got a bad diagnosis. All of us have experienced pressure. And what happens with pressure is pressure ends up pushing down on us. And sometimes we don't know how to navigate it. We don't know what to do. We're like, God, I feel like I'm about to break. Well, the good news is that the Holy Spirit helps us thrive under pressure. He helps us thrive under pressure. And look what, look what Jesus said in verses 16 and 17. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Some of us, we just know about the Holy Spirit. But he wants to dwell with us and he wants to be in us. It's not good enough for us to just know about God. It's important for us to allow him to be in our life. In May 2019, a deep water explorer by the name of Victor Vescovo went on a journey to go to the deepest parts of the ocean in a submarine. And on one particular day in the year of 2019, he went to to 35,853 feet down deep in the ocean in a place called the Mariana Trench. The only way that he could do it was in a pressurized submarine, because he couldn't get down there without assistance. But as he was going down, as he looked out through the porthole, he saw something very unexpected. At the bottom of the ocean, there were fish swimming along, and he was surprised to see fish that deep, because it required him to be in a submarine. To be protected. In fact, at the bottom of the Mariana Trench, the pressure is so great, it's the equivalent of 16,000 pounds of pressure per square inch. To give you some context, that's, imagine putting the pressure of one full school bus on, on one point the size of a postage stamp. Putting all that pressure on the size of a postage stamp. This is the pressure that he was under, but he had the submarine to help him. I think many of us, we feel like we're one step away from being crushed under the pressure. Victor Vescovo, in his journal wrote about these fish and these creature. And one of the things that he noticed is that the reason they were able to thrive down there in the pressure is because the pressure that was on the inside of the fish was the same as the pressure that was outside the fish. And when those pressures are equal, a fish can, can survive and can thrive. And it got me thinking about how sometimes we're facing pressure that we can't seem to deal with. In fact, I want to illustrate this. You see these two cans? We're either one of these two cans. Some of us, what's happening in our life is we're facing so much pressure, and the pressure is crushing us. Why? Because we don't have enough to help us move forward. But here's the good news, is that when we let the Holy Spirit in, what does He do? He helps us withstand the pressure. Why? Because the Bible tells us that greater is He who is in us than he who is in the world. What does this mean? Without the Holy Spirit, we're crushed by the pressures of life. But when we let the Holy Spirit in, He has enough power to withstand the pressures that we are facing. And all we have to do is say, Holy Spirit, I need you to help me withstand the pressure. And He will be like that submarine to protect us, to guard us, to help us withstand the pressure. Holy Spirit's here, and he wants to pressurize your life to help you withstand the pressure that you're facing. But the only way that we can access the Holy Spirit is by being willing to acknowledge Jesus as Savior and Lord. Why? Because as you you look in this verse, even in verse 16, it says this, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. What's important to note is that we don't get access to the Holy Spirit unless we acknowledge Jesus as the Lord and Savior must be willing to say yes to Jesus. And as I close, I want to invite you to stand, set aside every distraction. I think it's important that we give God the opportunity to work in our life. We're stepping into a moment where we're going to allow you to have a moment with God, and then we're going to do communion, and then we're going to step into an altar moment. So stay with us. But I believe Jesus is here. He wants to provide to you the Holy Spirit. He wants to give you the helper that is promised. but He says, you must trust in me as Lord and Savior of your life to access the Holy Spirit. Here at Westover, we believe that saying yes to Jesus is as clear as A, B, C. A, it's admitting that we need Jesus because we all need Jesus. B, it's believing in our heart that Jesus died on the cross to save us and that he can forgive our sins and then C, confessing from our heart with our mouth out loud that we want him to be in charge of our life. And I wanna give you that opportunity today. So here's what I wanna do. I wanna invite us to bow our heads and close our eyes. For those of you who are here who need to say yes to Jesus, maybe you haven't said yes to Jesus in a long time. Maybe you've never said yes to Jesus. This is your moment to say yes to him. He's here, he wants to speak with you. He wants you to know him. Here's what I want to invite you to do. If you want to say yes to Jesus on the count of three, I want to encourage you to just raise your hand. You're not saying yes to this church. You're not becoming a member here. What you are doing is you're saying yes to him. One, two, three. Yes, yes, yes. Jesus sees you. Jesus sees you. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray a prayer together out loud from our heart. While you say this prayer, we're all going to say it. Say, Jesus. I need you. I believe in you. I want you to be in charge of my life. Forgive my sin. Make me new. I wanna qualify myself for the helper, the head coach, the Holy Spirit. I need him to withstand the pressure of life I say yes to you, Jesus, and I say yes to you, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. And everybody said? If you just said that prayer for the first time or the first time in a long time, congratulations. Welcome to the family of God. We invite you to text New Life to the number on the screen. In fact, at the end of the service, we're going to have a prayer team here at the front, and they're going to encourage you if you want to learn more about how to move forward with Jesus. But right now, we're going to step into a moment of communion. I invite you to retrieve your communion elements. I invite you to retrieve the bread. Let's pray and ask God to bless the bread and this moment. Lord, we come to you. We ask that you'd administer the communion to us. Remind us of your death and your sacrifice and your profound love for us. I pray, Lord, you just lead us in this moment. Help us remember what you did for us. In Jesus' name, and everybody said. The Bible tells us that on the night that he was betrayed, he gathered with friends just like this, and they shared a meal. And he raised the bread, and he said, this bread represents my body, which is broken for you. And as often as you gather and you take this bread, remember me. So I invite you to break it, and as you break it, I want you to remember The love of Jesus for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. After they'd taken the bread, he took the cup. He said, This cup represents my blood, which is the new covenant, which is basically a promise that if you believe in him, he'll give you eternal life. He'll give you the forgiveness of sin. He'll give you the ability to be healed in Jesus' name. This is the new covenant. This is my blood. It's shed for you. As often as you take it, remember me. So let's take it together in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. As we step into this worship moment, here's the invitation. I believe that God wants to pressurize your life so that you can withstand the pressures that you're currently facing or the pressures that are coming. He wants to step in and give you the capacity to deal with what you're facing. And this altar moment is a moment where He wants to step in and help you. This is for all of us. Why? Because we're either leaving a storm, we're in the middle of a storm, or we're about to go into a storm. And we need Jesus. And so... If you're at a point in your life where you want God to give you the strength to withstand the pressures of life, this moment is for you. As the worship team comes up, we're going to invite you to come up, and we're going to invite you just to step forward and say, God, I want you to work in my life. I need you to work in my life. Come, come, come. Don't delay. Come. I'm going to invite our high schoolers to come up. Hey, lead the way high school, lead the way high school. I think us adults, we need to step in as well. I believe God's about to move. He's about to move in our life. We just be willing to welcome him. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. Jesus, you're the one who provides the Holy Spirit. We've asked that you provide the Holy Spirit to your people today. Prepare them, God, for the challenges that are ahead. Give them the ability to withstand the pressures of life. We entrust this moment to you in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen.